Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jorda, Dundalk and Cavan. Check out the new sporty and spacious Renault Arcana in petrol and full hybrid. Guaranteed delivery, low AP or finance and 48-hour test drive. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Thursday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Great to have you with us on the show this afternoon. Lots of chat coming over the next couple of hours. Music, my soundtrack and more besides. And just reminding you, if you want to get in touch with us on the show, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text comes right into us here in studio. Now, my first guest today, well, let me say hello to her first off. Anya Tuffy Gogarty, good afternoon. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. I want to start by saying, at long last, you found your calling in life, or should I say, in debt? Puns are endless in this line of work, I swear. <laughs> yes, you have had many careers, I know, but you are now well on the road to becoming what? A fully fledged undertaker? Yes, that's right. Now, how did this come about? And take us back, what was it, about October 2020? That was it, yeah. Um, so in October 2020, um, I had been doing the social media for our local parish during the lockdown, um, doing Facebook Live masses. And the local funeral director, who's a friend of mine, asked me to do a funeral broadcast for him in a church that didn't have a webcam. Mm. And um, so that went fine. I think it was the experience of being in the church and knowing how to conduct myself was useful. And um, then he had an opening in his office for some administration work. So I was offered six weeks work. And that's a year and a half ago. And we, we haven't looked back. And that's Colm Cairn, of course, who I've spoken to a number of occasions here on the show in King's Court. So you have. Do you feel you're where you've always meant to be or in this life of yours that have worked numerous careers? I think so. I, I, I would say that, and I do say that. I have finally found what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> it only took me till 42 to find out. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but look at Anya. I'm a bit like that myself, to be honest with you, with this that I'm doing at the moment. But it just shows you. And, you know, a lot of uh, youngsters are sitting exams next week with huge pressure and they feel the need to uh, go a path in life. But you know what? There are many parts, aren't there? And you're a, a living example of this. Absolutely. And I just I look on everything as a, as a mini adventure. You know, you just you don't know where anything is going to take you. And it's all... You know, it's it's all experience. Um, you learn from every experience and every job that you have. And I've I've done several different jobs. My degree would be in construction, 
and I would have worked in construction for quite a few years until I took a break to have my kids. Um, then I did some work. I did the arts and crafts, you know, um, personalised gifts from home. Mm. Um, and then I went back to work in 2018 when they were all settled in school. Um, and I just, I did a, a great back to work course and it was it was hard to get back out into the world of work, but I'm so glad now that I did and I wouldn't, couldn't be at home now. I, I just like my independence too much. Mm. Good on you. Now this job, you've been talking about what it entails. Um, mostly male it would have been traditionally this work, wouldn't it? Oh, it would definitely. Um, it's a kind of a, it's, what do they call it? It's a, a career or a, a place of, of a men, grey-haired men in suits. <laughs> yes. <laughs> how it was described to me. Yeah. Um, but that's definitely changing, you know, and there are quite a few women um, working in this business now, um, in this field, and it, you know, it's, it, there's openings for people of all ages and mm. all walks of life, definitely. I think once people can relate to you, that's the most important thing. Um, I know I do still turn quite a few heads when I drive around in the hearse, um, but it's, I don't mind that. You know, having worked in construction as well, I w- would be used to working in more male-dominated environments, so that doesn't bother me at all. Mm, and, and I'm just thinking as well, when you began October 2020, so the restrictions uh, yeah, with COVID it. on uh, funerals and laying people to rest, it was shocking, like, really. And and you've now seen that, uh, you know, turn and, 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 and how we've emerged from that, that we're back to the traditional way of saying goodbye to our loved ones. That's it. Um, and it was funny, you know, when restrictions lifted, Colin would say to me, oh, we're back to normal now. And I said, I, I don't know what normal is. Normal for me was COVID funeral. Yes. So having a church packed full of people watching what you were doing and, you know, it, um, that was totally different for me. Um, but it has been, you can really feel the sort of the, the support coming from a, a congregation or a crowd of people to the family. And it's lovely to see things getting back to normal again. Mm. It's, you say, and these are your words, you say it's very rewarding, but a tough job. In what sense? What, 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 what are the toughest aspects of it? The, I would say the toughest aspect of it is that you are on call all the time. And I don't know if, if people realise that. And the amount of times that I would have to cancel events or not my own events, you know, but just not be able to mm. go to something because you have to look after a family first, you know. that, And sometimes my own family would be the ones who would suffer and you know I could we could be planning to go somewhere for the day and then I just have to say listen I can't or you know it, it, my day is supposed to end I, I still work short hours so I work till 3pm but I might just say listen I won't be home at 3 and I don't know what time you'll see me or there a couple of weeks ago I was um, <laughs> I had Friday off so the phone rang at half past 6 in the evening and that was me gone until half past 1 in the morning mm. so I, it definitely Suits having kids a wee bit older. My youngest is 12 now. My oldest is 16. Um, you have to be so flexible and just be able to drop everything. Yes. And um, I don't know if, you know, if people don't realise that that's probably the toughest bit of it. Mm. And uh, it uh, just ties in with what the man above always says. You never know the day or the hour. And that really applies uh, to you and what you do. Um, yes. you, the subject of death and dying you know, it was something, and, and me growing up, that you were sort of kept away from when you were younger and it was taboo and not really talked about. And you know what I'm getting at? Even still, people don't want to even 
reflect on what's coming down the road inevitably for for all of us. That's a real challenge. Is that a, a thing you come across still? It is, but I can see it changing. Okay. I think with with generations, um, I would see people sort of from the age of about forty down now are a lot more open about the questions that they have. Yes. And when someone starts with, do you know what I always wanted to know? And I'm thinking, oh dear, what's coming? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what question am I going to have to answer? But I would usually try and answer them as, as openly as possible without yeah. being disrespectful. But I think it's, it is something that, you know, it, it, it's guaranteed it's going to happen to everybody. Yeah. And um, to be able to talk about it is, is much more healthy, I think, for everybody. Mm. Um, I know some people are still very uncomfortable around death and talking about death. And we have to respect that too. But um, we have actually, we're in the process of setting up a new funeral pre-planning company, which is, that's exactly, you know, for people to... Um, detail and register their own wishes for what they want for their funeral so that yes. people can get the kind of send-off that they want mm-hmm. rather than their families trying to throw everything together in a few days and maybe not knowing if this is what the, the family wanted. My own father passed away there in December and uh, he was always talking about, you know, I only want a cheap coffin now and don't be saying what a great fellow I was. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we grew up talking about his death all the time with my father, you know, it was a yeah. kind of a running joke. Um so it, it has definitely been useful for this line of work. Mm, I like the name as well because, yes, my farewell wishes is what you're working on at the moment. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I have experienced what you're saying there, that somebody passes and then you're thrown into a situation where decisions have to be made uh, yeah. by, by people, you know, perhaps not taking in the desires or wishes of the person who's passed on. And this leaves it a lot smoother when you know and it's in place, doesn't it? It's it's quite obvious, isn't it? Definitely. And you would even notice in this line of work, you know, when you, you know, where we are in a small town, you'd know people beforehand. And people that maybe would have been very good at making decisions, if, when it comes to an emotional time, it can be, it can be very hard then to, mm. to try and do best, what's best for the person who's passed away, you know, or trying to deal with your own grief and make big decisions can be really hard on people and it just gives them the freedom to know, okay, this is what the person wanted and they can just, everything's in place and they can just focus on their own grief and trying to get through the few days. Mm. And tradition is a big thing in passing as well. I, I'm, I'm sure I don't have to remind you of this. Families have associations with undertaking families going back decades. That still holds strong on you. It still does quite a bit, yeah. Um, that would probably take a bit longer to change. I know in, in cities there wouldn't maybe be the mm. same um, attachment, but definitely in, in country areas, yes, that would be, you know, there are a family undertaker, depending on what part of the country that you're in, you would hear that quite a bit. Yeah. Do you think people look now on the passing and you've been at quite a, a number of ceremonies and will be in the future looking at more? Uh, there's a lot of sadness, of course, and grief, and people don't know you know, what they're going to do in the midst of this and what life will be like beyond it. But is there more now of a celebration of, you know, people when they pass rather than, you know, completely engulfed with sadness? I think so, especially if you, if you knew the death was coming, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's more of a, that, that's one kind of phrase that we would use in relation to a type of ceremony. It's mm. a celebration of life. So mm. rather than having to, you know, last week I was looking something up on the internet and it was, about Irish funeral traditions and so some of them were just I was looking at them going we've never done that that's ridiculous mm. you know you, you can just tailor 
the celebration to suit whatever suits your own family and the person who has died and honour them whatever way you feel is right rather than, no, this is how we do it here and we're going to keep doing that it that way, you know. Yes. You can change anything. It's like any kind of um, party or gathering. You can you can just do what suits the family rather mm. than what tradition is. Traditions can be changed. Yeah. And COVID and has shown us that, you know. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, big time, big time. It has, it has indeed. And I don't take away from anyone who experiences a sudden death or passing mm. because it's an awful shock to the system, yeah. to people where it's not expected for sure. So you're you're, you're new in, in, in terms of the business there, in Colm's business. Are you the first woman to work I- I with him? <laughs> I'm uh, not first to work for the company. Right. But I was, I was the first woman to drive his hair. Okay. <laughs> Which I was—I only found that out afterwards. Thank goodness, I was I, I was nervous enough about trying to get round a roundabout in this big car, yeah. the whole town out watching me because it was—you know—it was during COVID, and there was a, a big guard of honour through the whole town of Kingswood. Yes. Um, yeah. So I was very nervous about trying to get all the way around the roundabout in one sweep. Mm. And it was only then afterwards when my husband said to me, "I've never seen a woman driving a hearse before." And then I messaged Colm and I said, has a woman ever driven your house? And he said, no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I am so glad I didn't see the weight of my whole gender as well as everything else. You're a history Um, maker for sure. And and the other thing, um, cremations as against traditional burials in a grave in a cemetery, still the cemetery dominating in in your neck of the woods? At the minute, yeah, would still be the most popular. Um, But we we can definitely see cremations increasing. Um, and you know there were there were things that I didn't know before I started working at funerals, like that you could bury ashes. I just I would have only seen cremation sort of ceremonies on TV where they you know in hoping away or some of these things mm. where they throw them in the sea. But I didn't know that you could bury ashes in a grave plot. Mm. And actually, our local parish here in Kingscourt is building a, a column burial wall. Is the name of it a cremation yes. wall? Yes. So that you could, you don't have to bury the cremated ashes if that's what the person. You know, if they felt strongly about not being buried. Yeah. Um, but yeah, cremation is, is definitely increasing. Mm. Well, look, it's great to touch base with you. And uh, as the song says, I finally found what I'm looking for. Uh, definitely those lines sum you up on your Tuffy Gogarty. I wish you well with your studies because you're working towards your funeral directing certificate. Uh, I'm sure that'll be a breeze for you. And uh, thank you for joining me today as being, as I said, a trailblazer, the first woman in Colum's business to drive a hearse. There'll be many more times, I am sure. Wish you well. Thank you very much, Jerry. Thanks for joining me. Take care of yourself. That's Anya Tuffy Gogarty. And a typical, you know what it is, has been a male-dominated business uh, undertaking for many a day, but more women uh, getting involved and working in the business, and only right it is. We have big winners at Bloom from the northeast. We're heading over to the Phoenix Park now to have a quick word with garden designer Mark Hoy. Afternoon, Mark. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Congratulations on your silver gilt medal. Fantastic achievement for reflections. Tell us the story of the garden, please. Um, so the garden was uh, was a garden that we built back in 2020 for the for the RTE show Super Garden, mm. and um, it was built for a girl called Shelley Gaynor, um, and she was in a wheelchair, so she wanted an accessibility garden. But um, the big thing she wanted was that you know it wasn't necessarily immediately identifiable as a, an accessibility garden. So she wanted to be more of a garden for everyone. Um, yes. So, yeah, we created kind of a more contemporary kind of style 
uh, gardens and your usual curves and raised beds. Um, and look, it worked, out, it worked out really well for Shelley. So she was, she was delighted. And um, we got the chance now to rebuild it in bloom. So we're happy. Well done, see, I remember talking to you back then, of course, just to remind our listeners what it was all about. So you reconstructed the thing as was uh, in the Phoenix Park. More or less, yeah. We we um, we made a couple of upgrades to it, I suppose, to bring it to bloom. You know, we've been out out out, out and around for a couple of years now, so um, I suppose they picked up some new tricks and new materials and stuff. So we tried to bring them in just to kind of upgrade the garden a bit for the mm. show. So mm. it seemed to have worked out okay. Great to win to win silver at bloom. Is this your first medal from bloom? This is my first medal, yeah. Um, like I used to work for Andrew Dunn, who yes. you probably know already. Got yep. gold, so, he got gold, um, yes, yes. I, I used to work for Andy, um, so obviously we won a gold medal the year I built it with him. But this is my first, um, my first one out on my own, I suppose. So, <laughs> uh, great! It must be a wonderful feeling. That's brilliant. Yeah, no, look, we're delighted um, to get silver gilt in your first time around is is a good achievement. So. Yes, and uh, lots of visitors, people can go along now, and there's lots of people with tickets today and over the next uh, three days that can go along and see all, and uh, it's there for everybody to go in and enjoy. That's it, look, it's a great event, there's plenty plenty to see and do, there's a food food pavilion and all sorts of stuff, stuff for the kids and everything, so it's a great, mm. a great day out for anyone that's looking for something to do over the weekend. And you know what I'm thinking? Uh, I know the gold would have been fantastic, but the silver is simply wonderful given the uh, competition and all the greats that are there vying for medals as well. You now have the platform to go on in the future, please God, and emulate uh, Andrew and get your gold. Hopefully, please God, yeah. Um, we, might, we might come back, we might leave it a couple of years. I don't know if my wife would let me back uh, straight away. It's been uh, <laughs> been a long few weeks for her mm. while we've been up in Dublin She's, we're based down in Cork now so yes. she's been down there on her own so um, it's tough but yeah hopefully we'll come back some year and we can try and get the gold then yeah that is uh, the thing about it when you go and see these gardens folks it's taken so many hours you're talking about days and weeks to put it together and commitment from all the uh, designers and builders of the garden they are wonderful wonderful achievements so there you are you've put Julianstown on the map once more <laughs> with your uh, you with your silver medal we're all thrilled for you and I'm delighted you were able to take time and, and join us today on the show and I wish you well for the uh, rest of Bloom and uh, good on you Mark thanks very much Terry Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Mark Hoy there, a garden designer, striking out in his own for the first time and winning silver. Yes, Andrew Dunn, who we spoke to on the show yesterday, has won gold at Bloom. He's won Best Large Garden for uh, his wonderful concept, which we talked about yesterday, and we're hoping to try and catch a word with him uh, before the end of the show today. He is so busy and in demand there, as you can imagine, winning one of the big, big awards. But congratulations again to Andrew Christopher Dunn from Clowerhead for for his gold at Bloom. Well, my next guest is very familiar, I'm sure, to lots of you listening this afternoon. What an incredible time she's had in recent times with our club and county. Yes, named Player of the Year last year nationally, starring for Meath as they won their Maiden All-Ireland Senior title. Success with our club as well, St Peter's Dunboyne. And now she's making the big step because she's leaving us this summer and heading for Australia because she signed on with North Melbourne. And I'm delighted to welcome her back to Late Lunch. Vicky Wall, good afternoon. 
Afternoon, how are you? Everything? Really good. Thank you for taking our call today. Well, congratulations to you on the move. I take it that it was a no-brainer, or did you have to, uh, you know, think long and hard about it? Yeah, um, I, I think I absolutely did. Um, you know, I think it, it's, um, you know, things have been going well in me, and it's, it's an exciting time, but I suppose it was, it was an opportunity I kind of, I couldn't couldn't pass up as such. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well. I suppose my focus for the next while as well, ensuring you're still with um, Mead football. So it's it's still I'm still here, and I am for the time being to see you know how we get on. So I suppose it's kind of a, a strange one of being excited, but also still being very focused on Mead football for the next while. How did it come about? I know, like you're in national focus, and obviously these guys in Australia and girls are keeping a good eye because there's lots of talent here uh, available. If they can, if they can convince you to make the move, when were you approached? How did that happen? Um, I would have been chatting to a few different clubs and stuff like that for for various different times and stuff like that. And I suppose it's just kind of get, getting to know the clubs and seeing kind of what's right for you and what suits you and everything like that. So. Um, anyone that I've had an interaction with has been has been has been absolutely lovely, and um, I, I'm sure no matter where people kind of go, what clubs they'll be well looked after, um, and stuff like that. So, so yeah, it was just multiple different conversations and zooms and stuff like that over, over different periods of time. Mm. So they came to you and they've been tracking you and obviously they want you, your hot property, uh, I have to say, Vicky. Now, you, you're leaving, as you say, uh, something that's been really special to you at club and county level. When you go out there, um, it's a semi-professional setup, is it you're going to? It is, yeah. And will you work or uh, as well as playing? I'll be doing some work within the club itself, yeah. Okay, so it'll be a, a combination of both. And may I ask you, you, you teach here. What's the situation there? Are you going to get a, a leave of absence or a break? For, for, for which, sorry? From your job here, are you going to get, uh, take leave of absence? Um, no, I'm not, I'm not a teacher, no. Um, so so that, that's fine for me. I'm just kind of out of college and stuff, so I've just been doing some... Some contract work, so I'm not too bad. Okay, so you, you, yeah, I see. So you're not in the mainstream of teaching as yet. So you're, uh, I understand where you are. So you're free as a bird, in other words. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Good on you. Um, what's the story with you? You mentioned you're committed to to football in Mead uh, for the foreseeable. I see the season out there starts when in August. It does. Yeah, it, it starts late August. So. Um, I suppose it's a case for myself of seeing how we get on with me, and then kind of basing basing that off um, well, when I when I head over. Right, and it, will that be dependent on how far Mead progress? Can you stay? You know, if you go all the way again this year, will will you be here for that? Yeah, yeah, I'll be here to, to, as far as as far as Mead Mead can go. And uh, of course, the dubs just. Just did you, only just did you last weekend. Um, well, by God, you've had some run of success and it's been close between you in the past. Uh, I'm sure there was great disappointment, however. Yeah, look, there always is disappointment when you're losing, losing a final. And I suppose, I don't know, as a group, if we were, um, I suppose, maybe overly happy with our performance throughout the entire 60 minutes. And I suppose it's, it's something that we'll, we'll go back and we'll learn on. But our, our focus now shifts very, very quickly to... Um, Monaghan and Armagh, which are going to be two very tough games, so I suppose it's kind of a bit of a bit of a short-term memory as well.
Yeah, it's great to be able to get back out there quickly, isn't it? And and pick it up and get going again. You're going to do everything to make it back-to-back titles, I take it. You'd love that, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. I suppose you wouldn't. Um, yeah, look, but it is. It's good to get out and we're getting a lot of games in this year and play, playing different things like that. So, so yeah, we're just delighted to, to still be playing. When you reflect on what's happened, Vicky, and you've been such a major part of it with me, you know, coming up, so to speak, among the big guns and then going all the way and winning it. Some story, isn't it? Yeah, I, I don't know if we've, we've done a huge amount of reflection yet. I'd say, well, hold on, hold off on that now for, for a little while while we're still playing and still kind of caught up in it and still wanting to achieve a lot more for ourselves and kind of within the group and everything. So I don't know if we've uh, done as much reflection maybe as um, the kind of the, the outside have as such. Yeah. Now, coming back to your move to uh, North Melbourne, how long have you signed on for? Um, I've signed on for, it's, I actually don't know the exact, exact date. I'm committed anyway for the, the first season as such, and then I'll kind of take it from there. Okay, so you're going to suck it and see and see how it goes for you out there. Have you ever been to Australia before? Um, I was there for, for four days, actually, briefly in 2019 for the... They invited three of the three Irish girls, myself, Fiershanine and Olivia Dibley, over for the, the combine that they were doing. So I was there for a very brief, brief stint. Yes. And of course, um, Eric O'Shea has signed as well from Cork. Do you know her? Um, I would have met Erica a few times. Yeah, she's absolutely lovely. So it's, it's exciting knowing we're both kind of going to the same club and we'll be going through um, the same thing. She'll be there a few weeks before me. So she'll have settled in a bit more, a bit more, I'm sure, by the time I'm there. Yeah, and it's nice to have somebody, you know, from uh, your neck of the woods. I know she's down south in the country, but you know what I'm talking about, to have another Irish girl yeah, there with you. Another, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just having someone from home as such, yeah, absolutely. What about the difference in the games, you know, uh, GAA and Aussie rules and adapting to different ball and things like that and a different setup on the pitch of that? Do you think that transition is going to take you a bit of time or do you believe you'll just take to it like a duck to water? I've no doubt it'll take me a bit of time and I suppose just having spoken to a few of the girls that have gone over it absolutely does but I suppose that's the kind of exciting part of it is trying to, to learn an entire new scaling game and kind of different different aspects of the game so yeah no, I'm, I'm looking forward to that side of it Well look at it. it's great that you uh, have joined us this afternoon I really do appreciate it Vicky and I wish sure you well on your uh, new uh, the new aspect and the new leg of your career, which is just still uh, opening up and developing because you're still a, a young woman and lots uh, before you, of course. Good luck to you. Um, and uh, we'll be keeping a good eye, of course, uh, on you and the Mead ladies in the interim. Thanks for joining me, Vicky. Thanks, million. Thanks for me. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Vicky Wall there on her way to Australia. Mead GAA star, but as you heard... Good news for the Royal County. She'll be here for as long as she needs to be here uh, from a Mead perspective. Now, let's uh, move on on late lunch this afternoon. Uh, Louise, have you been following the Johnny Depp Amber Heard thing at all? Or has it been on your radar? I think it's been on everyone's radar, hasn't it? I yes. I want to be out in Mongolia not to have even seen clips of it. What do you think of the of the um, outcome yesterday? Because it was tried in London where Amber mm. Heard had the upper hand and now in the States it's really been reversed, hasn't it, in Johnny yeah. Depp's favour? Yeah. Mm. I read something this morning and they were saying that the likelihood is that in the UK it was a judge 
Yes. And the judge are, judges are trained to go on evidence, very much evidence based. Yes. The jury, I think his team kind of had this, um, they kind of worked with this system where they turned the victim kind of into the nearly perpetrator and, yes. you know, made everybody feel mm. guilty then for Johnny. Mm. And it seemed to have worked well if you're, you know, the jury obviously went that way anyway. Mm. But I don't know. I am team Johnny, but... Are you? I am. There you go. I am. But I I don't think either of them are necessarily, you know... Purely, Come out of this Purely with, white. Mm, mm. Yeah, well, I, but do you think it'll affect their careers, both of them? Hers more than his? Yes. Or, yeah. Yes. I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, you know, mm. in, in terms of the women again, you know, yes. again in, in, in that, is her career likely to fail now? Mm. Compared to his... Probably. Anyway, he wasn't too bothered. He was in the UK playing yeah. gigs and he was in a pub in Newcastle. <laughs> when Did you see that when the verdict came out? I'd say it was yeah. a free bar there all night, to he be honest with you. He was on stage with his guitar. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, that was one of the reasons, um, as far as I can remember, in the ju- in the trial, yeah. um, they kind of um, said, they kind of accused him of doing damage to his fingertips himself because he yeah. lost a fingertip. Mm. And he, um, I think he said, well, no, because it was the hand he played the guitar. Mm. He wouldn't have done that because mm. that's his favourite thing in the world. Yes. So. Anyway, it's taken up uh, airtime uh, on the radio, TV, column inches. Unbelievable what uh, the way it's captured. And he uh, Kate Moss. Public attention, yeah, and coming in to give evidence as well on, on his behalf. Um, yeah, it's really a soap opera playing out in real life before our eyes. And uh, Judge Judy, yes. Ah, uh, oh, I love Judge <laughs> Judy. I do love Judge Judy. I have to say, but um, at the end of the day, I was saying to you earlier. You know, the money. What about the money? Should these people have that much money? Mm. Should probably pocket money to 15 them. Fifteen million yeah, is probably the, like the, a ten or two. Yeah, the legal fees and everything. Should the money they get for appearances in movies is just staggering, to be honest with you. Anyway, uh, is that the end of it now? Is that it? I doubt it. Would you? Mm. Oh my God. Can she appeal? I don't know, but I just, I don't think we've heard the last of it. Okay. Watch yeah. this space. Watch this space, as they say. Anyway, stay in this space with us on late lunch because we <laughs> have... They'll star in their own roles <laughs> in a film about it or something. What do you think? <laughs> and they'll make up and they'll love each other and they'll be back together. Oh, listen, you couldn't put anything past them in Hollywood, could you? We will be back with you in just a moment. Many good wishes for Vicky Wall as she heads for Australia. This message here just sums them up. I'll read this one. Everyone in me is proud of Vicky and wishing her all the best wherever the future holds. And that reflects the warm feeling towards Vicky from everybody. Yesterday on Late Launch, I said in conclusion that I hoped the garden hit pause would be a hit with the judges and I am delighted to say that it has been named overall large show garden winner and gold medal winner for Andrew Christopher Dunn and I'm sure he's smiling ear to ear. Hello again, Andrew. <laughs> I tell you what, you do, you work wonders for me, Jerry. all together. You always make it sound great. <laughs> uh, but it is great. Come on. I know it is. Look, we're, we're absolutely delighted and thrilled. Um, I'm literally... Sitting in my show garden at the moment with loads of people staring in at me, wondering what's this guy doing sitting in the back of the garden on the phone. But look, um, yeah, look, we're thrilled, we're excited, uh, exhausted, all the above. You know, 
I had a feeling, you know, I really did yesterday when you sent me all the pictures, when I spoke to you, I said, by God, he certainly has to be in the mix. But, you know, you've got the, you've won gold before, but what's it like again, you know, when you're actually, they come to you and they say, you've won? Well, you know, it's a, it's a strange situation because um, the last time I did a show garden and bloom, which was 2018, we got a gold medal mm. and we got best in show and... Mm. Really, that was my cue to walk away and say, well, that's it, because it can only go one way after that. Uh, so, you know, the anxiety became in here. We had to kind of, you know, really do well. Uh, really, gold was fantastic, but we also had our eye on best in show as well. So, thankfully, it happened. And, uh, yeah, it's very, very exciting. And, you know, you uh, I've seen the pictures as well of you and President Higgins and Sabine as well. They were in to say hello to you? Yes, yeah, they were. They came in and had a good look at the garden. We're very interested, particularly the succulents in the wall. Um, uh, uh, um, President was telling us that his, his cousin has a has a succulent uh, growing business in the UK, and and we had a great conversation over that. But he's very interested as well in, you know, where our artwork had been made, and um, it's, it's always fun to see him. An amazing man. Yes, um, oh, a fantastic president, I have to say. A fantastic representative of the country. And so into, that's one thing about him, you see it yourself, his interest, his interest in oh, you today. Incredible interest, yeah. He wanted to know where all the plants came from, where the trees were, and an incredible knowledge as well. Mm. There was pretty much any anything we looked at, he had a story behind it, you know. And of course, he is the number one resident of where you all are. He's, he's my next door neighbour, or technically <laughs> yes. speaking, I'm in his garden. So this yes. is my garden in his garden. Exactly, exactly. And delighted he is to have you there. On, a, on, on, a, on another note, uh, a man who learned his trade from you. I spoke to him just earlier on in the show. Mark Hoy with the silver. You must be thrilled for him. Oh, I'm delighted. Silver gilt. I better correct you there yes. because you did really well. Yeah. And, you know, as uh, Super Garden really is for people who are trying to get their foot into the door uh, and get a start and, and a push on. And Mark did really well. And to get a silver gilt is, is really a huge achievement um, mm. at his first show garden. Mm. It's, it's not an easy thing and you're doing everything on incredibly tight budgets. But, you know... Um, his father, Paddy, was there, who um, also spent some time working for me in the past, and I, they worked so so hard, so I'm thrilled for them. And and he mentioned to me, and, and you can verify this, you know, what you see as the finished product, the hours, the sweat, the blood, the tears, and everything that goes into it for days and weeks and months, it's a huge commitment. It's, it's unbelievable. I got a text message this morning from Mark Mohan from Silverstream Landscapes in Monaghan, um, saying, uh, you know, best, uh, good luck today, something like that. And I was, this was about half five this morning. And I texted him back and I said, really? It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Luck has very little to do with it at this stage. It's just blood, sweat and tears, and that's mm. the truth of it. And, of course, the public in now today, in their droves, and will be over the coming days. And the weather, I just looked again, it's not too bad at all. I think we're going to do OK on the East Coast. Saturday, particularly beautiful, and, and not much in the way of moisture beyond that, that either. Listen, wallow in your success enjoy it's a fantastic achievement and i'm truly delighted for you i say that yet again you're one of the best congratulations uh, you're very good jerry i hope to see you in the next few days please god take care of yourself bye 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 that's a gold winner top of the pops at bloom this year Clarehead based garden designer Andrew Christopher Dunn sweeping the boards again. Second gold. It's just a terrific story. It really, really is. Now, I want to dedicate my next song on the show today to a very special person. Yes, she's paying us a visit today. Miss Katrina Ferreter is here. She loves this one from Nelly Furtado. Nelly Furtado on your late lunch this Thursday afternoon. Say it right, especially for Katrina and also for Deontay Odulami. He's six today. He's from Newtown Meadows in Drogheda and his nana Joanne wishes him a big happy birthday. Comes in from her. Uncle Scott and Auntie Ruby have a great one this afternoon. Louise, you will love this. Mr. Eddie has been on to say, will the winner of the Depp Herd confrontation take on the winner of the Rooney? Oh, the wags. <laughs> the wags. That I hasn't been out it. yet, has it? I no. love it, Eddie. No, that's no. actually not. That hasn't been released yet. So yeah. that's going to be interesting. To she see. should be a detective. Colleen Rooney. Do you think so? Oh. Really? Wow. <laughs> How she set it all up and found out who was yes. leaking it. Like. Yes, I just yeah. thought it was very clever. I like it, Eddie. Depp or uh, Heard against... Va- well, it's Depp, the winner, isn't it now? Although there was two trials, as I said, against Vardy or Rooney. Watch this space. Could be coming up. Interesting <laughs> indeed. Isn't it terrific uh, that uh, silver and gold has come this direction mm-hmm. uh, from Bloom? It's fantastic. And I'm sure... People, you know, will just so enjoy the festival this year after the break. Oh, yeah, even more so. After what, is it two years, three years, two? 
two years. But uh, you have a different story about Bloom, haven't you? Were you there the last time you were there? No, I was there in 2019. Yes. Yes, I remember the weather was fantastic. Lovely. But I remember it for a different reason. Tell us the reason. I went, we all went as a family yep. and we had a little uh, toddler with mm. us at the time. Yep. And he had a duty. <laughs> he had actually a lot of duties. <laughs> we kept losing them and you know yourself. I it? know. 700 duty. And we packed the car and we were well on our way to Dublin when we realised we forgot the duty. <gasps> Disaster. Yeah. Yeah, we were kind of toying. It was a Sunday. So we were thinking, where will we get a duty? Like, you know, and we said, look at Owen said, look, keep going. Yeah. Forget about it. Keep going. As men kind of do. Very pragmatic. Keep going. So we got there and he, the child was so distracted with all the colours and the yes. gardens and the people. And we just kind of kept going with it. And then we put him in the car and he fell asleep with exhaustion and when we got home we thought mm, okay we'll go with it and he never had to do anything Opportunity knocks so Louise will always remember Bloom for the mm. time that I think there should Cormac be a duty garden next waved year. goodbye to his duty yes there duty you garden. are a duty garden duty and boppy garden yeah and you know they're saviours they really are when they're smaller but weaning a child off mm-hmm. is never the easiest thing to do isn't that probably a probably worse story? than cigarettes <laughs> For adults. <laughs> and didn't need the hypnosis either to get rid of them. It was just the way it worked. Well done to you. That's a lovely wee story, so it is, about Bloom. Uh, we're heading uh, on a short break now. And actually, we're staying in the garden because one of our prized regulars is joining us again. She's the queen of organic gardening, Nikki Kyle, on Late Lunch Next. There's another gold heading to the northeast. Yes, congratulations to Eileen, John, and the River Lane Nurseries team. They've won gold in Best Nursery. Well done to you all. Congratulations to you. A gold heading to Trim in County Mead. Isn't it fantastic? Now we're staying on the gardening team. It's the start of June, but there's still lots to be done and to be sown and looking ahead to the latter part of the year in the company, as usual, of the Queen with the Queen of Organic Gardening, Nikki Kyle. Hello again, Nikki. Hi, Jerry. Happy summer at last, everyone. Oh, yes. Oh, it's such a wonderful time of year, isn't it? It's... You know, everything here is growing so scarily fast yes. that I almost expect David Attenborough to pop out of the undergrowth <laughs> at any moment to start talking about man-eating plants. I mean, you know, they're not there one day, and the next day they're grabbing here. Oh, that is so true. And yet at the same time, Nikki, some of the, the evenings have been oh. mighty chilly lately, haven't they? They, they have. And actually, that's really what stresses plants. I mean, do you know, for the last week, every night has been only one or two degrees in the polytunnel. Mm, mm. Um, and yet, during the day, it's going to over 40 degrees, and it's serious stress for plants. I mean, you know, it, all we could do is just sort of keep mulching, um, watering, uh, shading where we can, um, you know, and try to minimise the temperature swings. But plants are amazing. They, they can adapt, particularly tomatoes and, and sort of summer Yes. Corn. I noticed the little curl on, on the lower leaves of my tomatoes. You know where they curl in on themselves? Is that, yes. the, is that the cold or stress or what? Well, they do a little bit stress, really. I yeah. mean, you know, you, you sort of want to put your arm beside yourself if you're a bit cold, <laughs> don't you? you yes. know? And, and also, you want to sort of duck away from the hot sun if it's really hot, but plants can't, so they often sort of curl up at the, the top and sort of lean towards each other. It's actually sad to see it. Mm, it just shows you they yeah. feel it too. Now, food security, you have been mentioning quite a bit uh, across social media. Talk to me a moment about that, because it's a serious issue isn't it? Well, it is, you know. I mean, prices are rising every day. I mean, well, due to the war in Ukraine, uh, excessive 
unusually high temperatures in Spain and, and other European countries that we import a lot of produce from. Uh, and, you know, that's only getting it worse with the erratic weather being caused by climate change now. So it really makes sense to go as much as we can ourselves. You know, I've been through several recessions, uh, and, and I know that anything we can grow in our gardens, personally, can contribute to meals uh, and make a real difference to the household budget. But, I mean, uh, even if it's only salads or, or spinach grown in a tub, it's something. It could be one meal that you don't have to buy. Um, you know, we've got a wonderful climate for growing fruits and vegetables in Ireland. And, you know, we all, including the government, need to put more thought into increasing our food security. And that would mean we're far less dependent on imports and supply chains, which always seems to be the excuse, you know. But we can grow food. I mean, we're going to have a better climate here for growing food than a lot of countries now, mm. even with climate change uh, getting worse. You know, we, we could grow a lot for ourselves. Um, but anyway, getting back to, to sort of growing our, ourselves for the winter, yeah. as, you know, because things are growing so fast now, there's a huge amount that we can still grow to give us good crops before the end of the summer and lots of things which we'll store for, for the winter. Things like French beans and, and sweet corn, mange two peas, broad beans and, and squashes and pumpkins too, which um, you can start off now and grow incredibly fast. I mean, you know, the, it's the best time to start off things like squashes now. Um, and, and one like Crown Prince, for instance, that will actually you know, store almost until now, mm. next year. Yes. Um, because it's a really hard squash. It's wonderful. It's full of vitamin A. It's brilliant. It'll sit out in, in your larder or, or anywhere until you want it. Um, and then you can cut it up and make soups and pies and casseroles and all sorts of things. Those are the sort of things that you can grow for almost nothing. A packet of seed will only cost you, you know, maybe three or four euros. Uh, but if you're buying non-F1 um, hybrids, if you could buy open pollinated seeds and save your own seed, that will save you a lot of money in the future too. Uh, but even the F1 hybrids are worth growing. And you mentioned a number of crops there. Green magic, broccoli, plenty of time to get it in? Yeah, there is, yeah. But it, it's not the easiest thing for everyone to grow. Yes. I'm trying to think of really easy, easy things crops. now that yes. will grow fast, that don't take a lot of fuss to look after, that will store. Uh, I mean, green magic broccoli is brilliant. Any of the broccoli, any of the, the, the brassicas. Um, it's getting a bit late to sow things like... Um, uh, Swedes and uh, Brussels sprouts um, but you know they sit there for ages take up a lot of ground uh, and don't give you a massive crop yes. I'm trying to think of things that will increase food security mm. that we can store or freeze um, and those are the sort of things I'm saying more of now I, I have to say the mixed salad leaves as well I'd like to mention because this yeah. year we I, I put them in successionally every couple of weeks and again like you said I have tubs that I put them in and Nikki we are just uh, uh, pulling leaves and they just keep coming once you keep them well watered. And they're so beautiful. Oh, they are. I mean, there is nothing like going out two minutes before you eat your lunch yeah. and, and, you know, grabbing a handful of salad leaves or something else. It doesn't have to be lettuce. Don't just keep no. growing boring old lettuce. You can grow rockets. You can go all, all, grow all kinds of Chinese leaves. Um, anything, really, that has a leaf that you can eat. Even carrot yes. leaves you can eat. Yeah. Uh, anything that makes a salad interesting. And throw a few herbs in and make a nice dressing. Uh, mm. It's amazing what you can do with them.
Now, early potatoes I have been lifting from my pots and I have one uh, bed of them outdoors that should be coming in over the next couple of weeks. You talk about saving money. Uh, can I harvest some, tu- keep some tubers from those to plant for the Christmas potatoes? Yeah, yeah, absolutely you can. And this is what I do with all of mine every year. Uh, if I don't save seed uh, tubers over from the spring, you know, hold some back. Mm. Um, I will save some now, but I always choose from only the very best looking plants okay uh, it doesn't matter what size the tubers are it's what the plants look like that matters there mustn't be any yellow blotches which would indicate virus uh, or curling leaves they must be really healthy looking plants and then lift the potatoes save a few of the ones that you, that you might be preparing for supper that night wash them dry them carefully in kitchen paper uh, kitchen towel and put them in in a box all together and when you've got enough just um you know and keep leaving them out in the light so that they start to go green and then when you think you've got enough put them in the salad drawer in the fridge for a couple of weeks and then plant them at the end of july or the beginning of august depending on what variety they are because early varieties obviously take less time to grow so you could uh, plant those at the beginning of august um second early you could plant at the end of july and do you need to sprout them like the spring ones? You know the way you put them in the dark to let them sprout when you take them out from the fridge? They'll do that themselves. When you take them out okay. of the fridge again, they'll start to grow because they'll think they've had their winter already and they'll be very keen to get going again. Mm. But I never have a problem with them. Now, talk to me and talk to listeners today. Lots of people love uh, their tomatoes at this time of the year. As you say, they have them in tunnels, small greenhouses. They have them in patios, etc. And cucumbers as well. Talk to me first about tomatoes. How often should you feed them? Well, I feed mine a half-strength feed at every other watering now Mm. um, because some of my earlier tomatoes have already set two trusses. uh, And I always start to feed as soon as the first truss is setting. Mm. Um, And I feed half-strength at every other watering. Now, you want a really good uh, organic feed like Osmo because that won't burn the roots. Um, And don't feed directly at the base of the plant, as I always say. You know, feed... two or three inches or 30 centimetres, um, you know, 15 centimetres away from the base of the plant. And then you, you've got no uh, worries about rotting roots or anything if, it, if it's a bit cold. Okay, and, and the wh- same with cucumbers and aubergines. Always uh, feed away from the base. Yes, I have the mounds around my cucumbers, but yeah. I have my tomatoes. Uh, most of my tomatoes are in good-sized big pots in the borders, and they send roots down through the base of the pot into yeah. the soil underneath. So would you feed the soil around the pots? No, it depends. If they're in big pots, you, you can still feed around uh, the outside of okay. the pot. You know, a, a hand's width away yes. from the base of the plant. Okay, so make a mound round the tomatoes, you're saying, as well, and feed round the, the, the edges of the mound. Oh, yeah, whatever. You know, I, I tend to grow everything on mounds because it, it just means water drains away and doesn't sit at the base yes. of the plant. And with the weather the way it's been, particularly the last week, that's a really good thing to do because you don't want water sitting around the base of the plant when it's only one degree. Yes, so every second feed, half strength. Yeah. Uh, every second watering, half, yeah, strength, half strength. And yeah. again, I, I take it, it's it, when you have blazing days where the temperatures go to 40 degrees, you nearly need to be watering. Would you every second day? It just depends. You know, it, 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 you really got to play it by ear. By the seat of the pants is what I always say. Seat <laughs> of the pants gardening. You've got to see how dry the soil is. And if you think the soil is looking really dry and put your finger in the soil and sort of, if it's dry, um, below sort of the first finger joint, then water. Yeah. But don't keep watering all the time. You don't want the atmosphere damp all the time. And particularly, again, if it's a bit cold at night, uh, you want to water in the mornings. Don't water in the evenings and, and have cold, clammy air sitting around the plants at night. 
Okay. Is it uh, too late for mascotka, or could you no. put some? No. No, you can sow. As I say, you you can sow oh, things like mascotka, which is a very fast-growing tomato. Uh, I wouldn't sow any any other tomatoes at this time of year. Mm. Um, but mascotka definitely. I think I recommended you to grow that last year, yes. and you did that. Yes. And that will fruit in September. I mean, a small cucumber like Restina that will fruit uh, fast, uh, and that will be producing in September. Uh, you know, French beans, uh, either climbing or uh, dwarf, will still grow very fast now. But do it in the first half of the month don't leave it too late because after the the 21st you know after midsummer um growth starts to slow up in the next couple of weeks Mm. um, and things don't grow so fast but they still will if you can get them in now in the next week or so so it's crucial when you mentioned the climbing french bean i mentioned it again like a green magic with the broccoli uh but cobra as you put me towards a few years ago it's amazing I have them in uh, one of the beds in my new polycarbonate uh, tunnel and Ava Ava has been my assistant my number one assistant gardener of course has been with me and you know what fascinated her we we put the the cobras in we grew them first of all in um, in modules put them move them on a little and now into their final position you see them growing up a little bit and we put the stakes in and within 24 hours the cobra had found the stake, yep. wound its way round it, and is shooting up the stake. She was fascinated. I'd love to have a time-lapse camera to watch them, wouldn't you? Yes. I mean, it's just amazing. But, you know, plants do that. They, they sort of wave around. I mean, you see them on these David Attenborough plant programs. Mm. They wave around until they can find something mm. to climb up, and off they go. It's, it's brilliant. But, you know, you could get Ava to sow some um, pumpkins now, not the horrible orange things that, you know, the Cinderella pumpkins, eating ones. You know, I mean, okay, sow so one of those to carve, which is fun, but they, they make awful eating. You know, they're not good to eat. Yes. Um, and, uh, oh, one question I wanted to ask you, Jerry, and you know probably what it's going to be. Have you got any flowers growing in your tunnel? I have. Good. Because Finally, well I, done. I, I, do, I do what the master tells me. I do. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a good student. I, 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 want, I want a gold star at the end of all this. Of, oh, course, of course I have. And they've made a huge difference. I, they do make a huge difference. You know, I just never see anything in my polytunnel except bees and yes. uh, all the sort of insects and then birds chasing the insects. And I, It's crazy in there. I mean, it's like a mad jungle, you know, but it's a very productive, edible jungle, yes. which is great. Anyway, just before you go, I have to mention it. The Jubilee celebrations are happening this weekend. And I know uh, you showed me some brilliant work you did in another life uh, with the Royals as well. It's, it's an unbelievable 70 years, isn't it? Uh, it, amazing. I mean, she is an absolutely amazing woman. And uh, I always say, I mean, the people of her generation, my, my parents' generation, who went through the war uh, and suffered quite a lot, you know, with mm. everybody else, all of the population of, of, of uh, Britain and some of Ireland did too. And, you know, they're, they're amazing people. They have a staying power. They have a, a wonderful sort of attitude to life and they make the best of everything. Um, and I think she's been amazing, actually, I have to say. I know a lot of people aren't royalists. So I wouldn't necessarily be a mad royalist. Yes. Um, but yes. Uh, I, I do admire her for yeah. what she's done. Yeah. And we admire you immensely. And you are someone as well, like you mentioned, I think you were talking about yourself, actually, who uh, loves life and makes the most of it as well. And we really enjoy when you join us every time here on Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Listen, we'll be talking soon and I'll see you soon. And thank you so much for all the pointers today.
Oh, great. You're very welcome, Jerry. And, you know, we've only got one life. We've got to make the most of every single minute. And enjoy your gardening, folks. Yes, indeed. Thanks, Nikki. See you soon. Okay, the wonderful bye. Nikki Kyle there. NikkiKyleGardening.com. She's a mine of information. Check her out. Serena has been on to ask, what about peas in the pod? What do I ask for? When, when do I plant? You can sow them now. I love her screen shaft at this time. Or Kelvin in wonder if you plant them early or late. Get them now. Soak them before you put them in the ground for about half an hour. It'll make sure they uh, actually uh, emerge more quickly. Kelvin in wonder her screen shaft. Jerry, I bought sunflower seeds for Ukraine. Planted them in pots. Have them outside now in the rain. Are they okay to leave outside? Should I bring them inside? Bring them inside, they'll germinate quicker. Keep them moist on top. Outside, they'll germinate anyway. But they need to get going quickly. Ava has one. She uh, sold at school, brought it home in a little pot. It's four foot high now. It's flying along. Anyway, they will uh, germinate for you. Ask the lady about slugs, says another listener. What do you want to know about slugs? What Nikki does is she goes out with a pair of scissors at night. And you know what she does with the scissors? And the birds eat them then. Next day, it's all there for them. The Irish Society of Protection of Slugs, I'm sure, will be on to me shortly. But the scissors, cut them. Well, you know, if you have a big garden, they live there. I live with them. I have some in our garden as well. Some with shells, some without. And we get on fine together. If you have hedgehogs, they'll do the business as well. Late Lunch LMFM Radio. We're heading to LA after three. But for all the winners at Bloom from the northeast, we dedicate this one as we head towards news, weather and sport at three. It's the Bee Gees. Yes, they've won again. Now, you do know by this stage, it's Thursday, that my uh, soundtrack this week comes from the stage musical We Will Rock You, all about Queen. Well, look, today for a change... Let's listen to the song and then I'll tell you all about it when we enjoy this one. Oh, you're gonna take me home tonight. Oh, down beside that red firelight. Oh, you're gonna let it all hang out. Fat bottom girls, you make the rocking world go Rock and roll. Politically correct or not? Yes, written by Brian May, who says that lyrically the track is all about the appreciation of women endowed with large derrieres. That's all there is, Mr. May says to the song. Nothing else to be read into it but uh, praise praise for the form. Yes, released on October the 13th, 1978, Fat Bottomed Girls was released as a double A-side single along with the Freddie Mercury penned Bicycle Race. And you know, radio stations uh, tended to play the songs together. That one first, followed by Bicycle Race. We're not going to do that today on Late Lunch to be honest with you. Now, there was offence caused at the time because the original artwork for the single was so offensive that it was banned actually and Queen were forced to alter it 
in order to have the ban removed, which they did. It was a chart success in America on the US Billboard Hot 100. It reached number 24. And in the UK, it was even better there, peaking at number 11. And uh, that's the story of my track today from uh, the musical We Will Rock You. And I'll bring you a final song from uh, the wonderful musical around about this time on Late Lunch tomorrow afternoon. While I'm on the subject of uh, Bloom, which I've been right through the show today and the winners, more news of uh, a winner. And congratulations to Brenda Joyce, who won two bronze medals in the floral art competition. And if you're visiting Bloom, be sure to check out their stand. They have a wonderful exhibition there, the Association of Irish Floral Artists. Late lunch, LMFM radio, final break this Thursday afternoon. And afterwards, we're heading to L.A., where young Hannah Rosemay from Ashburn is standing by to talk to us. Now we're heading to Los Angeles uh, with our final guest this afternoon. She joined me a number of occasions here in studio. She's from Ashburn in County Meath and she's going great guns far, far away from home. We've spoken from time to time on, on by phone as well, but it's been a while. I'm delighted to say hello again to Hannah Rosemay. Hello, Hannah. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks for taking our call this afternoon. Well, 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 you are a model. Of course, you are a wonderful actor. And here you are going down a new road with writing for comics. Tell us the story. Yeah. So, you know, I think when the pandemic hit, the whole entertainment industry obviously shut down and I think it gave us all the time, you know, reevaluate what we wanted to be doing or how we wanted to spend our time and I've always been a big comic fan. I've read them my whole life. And I always knew what one day I would love to write one. I just, you know, didn't think it would ever be possible. And then when the pandemic hit, I decided that uh, I was going to take that leap of faith and write a comic book. And now it's being published by the biggest creator-owned publisher in America. It's pretty wild. It certainly is. And when I read words, and these are a tribute to you, they say your writing is razor sharp and expertly skews Hollywood culture. Uh, and it's depicted brilliantly and moodily by Justin Mason, one of the illustrators as well. Those are wonderful words. First time out for you, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're, it was high praise. And that's also from Declan Shalvey. He's probably one of the bigger comic people to come out of Ireland. I feel very lucky Um, to have worked with him and for him to uh, love the book. He's a big Marvel artist over here. Mm. Um, He's a a credit to Ireland, Declan is. Now, the the whole uh, premise behind this is about fandom and (laughs) the unhealthy obsession fans have with their heroes. Is, Is this something you're pulling from experience yourself or where has this come from? It's a bit of both. I think, you know, it's hard for us to not point to numerous occasions now where we can see where fandom has turned toxic. Celebrities are being screamed at from all corners of the internet by so-called fans. You know, a lot of celebrities have left social media because of it. Internet bullying happens to everybody. Um, And what most people don't understand is that, you know, actors have no say in how a story goes. We just show up and do what we're told. So a lot of these actors feel essentially imprisoned by not only the roles that they play, but, you know, in their life. Um, More and more actors these days are choosing to not participate in social media because the hate is so loud. So if you can imagine that rather than these people just screaming at them on the Internet, what if they knew where they lived? 
Mm, my oh my what a, a scenario that that uh, uh, throws up and and the name Maisie Wade where did that come from it's brilliant the the main character well Maisie is my late grandmother ah yeah so I had to I had to throw it in there and um, I always knew I wanted to do something with Maisie and that was that and then I'm a Dwayne Wade fan you know so <laughs> it went perfectly together <laughs> A fine combination, I have to say, from the family and the hero of yours. But you certainly have, you know, and this is quite obvious, touched on something that is a reality for people who are in the spotlight, who are in the public eye. And it's not nice to to have to contend with, Anna. Yeah, so, you know, our antagonists in the story, they're so obsessed with the main character that they're unable to draw the line between her and where the character is she portrays ends, you know? So if this book does anything, I hope that it helps readers understand that toxic fandom has the ability to shatter people's mental health, you know, instill them with debilitating anxiety, take away their joy of their profession, take away the joy of everything that they love, because a lot of these actors are fans too, just like us. So whether you're an actor, a writer, a director, you know, crew member, you work on a show or a movie, the amount of energy and effort it takes to bring something to life is tremendous. So for to then, you know, have a successful you're hoping um, run, but then half the internet is so divided and split and coming at you with hate. It's really sad. It certainly is. Another string to your bow, I may, which I may have said already. Did you ever envisage yourself becoming a comic writer? Was this something that was there with you for some time and has just emerged at this stage? Or is it a surprise to you too? <laughs> um, I've always wrote I just didn't necessarily advertise it Mm. I've been always like writing behind the scenes and I even wrote like multiple comic reviews some with my name on them uh, some some with the pseudonym but um, I've always been in the space I just didn't know how I always I've always been in the space I always wanted to break into it I just didn't necessarily know that it was going to be with my own book um not to this degree by any means but I'm really delighted it happened I ended up getting signed to, to WME over here for literary too. So it's actually like I've wrote a lot since Rogue's Gallery because I finished this one almost nine months ago now. It's only, it will be out in July. Mm. But um, yeah, it's, it's hopefully the first of many. Please God it is. And if this is an indication of what's to come with your debut, well, the world's your oyster, I have to say, young lady. Rogue's Gallery is the name, of course, as Hannah uh, mentioned there a moment ago. Hey, um, I, I, I spotted you on Instagram earlier today opening this lovely box of new tops. I love the Batman. <laughs> you did, yeah. Yeah, that was a nice gift. Every now and then I get sent something that's surprising and that was uh, right up my alley. Hopefully one day I'll get to write a Batman comic. So I was just thinking that. I was thinking, is this a coincidence or what, that she has the Batman top on? And by the way, I need to apologise. What time is it over there? It must be six in the morning, is it? <laughs> it actually just turned seven, so oh. I'm there but um i've been up at six because i figured you know this is actually the first time that i'm speaking about this you're getting the you're getting the first hand jerry um so i was like oh i'm talking about it first and i'm speaking about it first crack of dawn before a cup of tea i probably should have you know thought this through a little more but here we are (laughs) you're so good to give us the exclusive first here on lmfm radio your home station if you were uh, back home look it's been a while since we talked how have you managed through the last few years with all that's been going on you know you're an actress of course and the way covid hit the world and america too has been impacted hugely by it how have you fared out yeah 
Um, you know, like everyone, I think the pandemic was obviously a really rough run. It kind of feels like a bit of a fever dream at this point to some degree. Um, it's wild to think of how long it took away from us. But um, I think I can fortunately look back on it fondly now, you know, having wrote a book in the pandemic and now I'm getting to enjoy the fruits of that labor. And I also got engaged in the pandemic, so I can't deny that back in Ireland um, in Wicklow. Uh, so, you know, the pandemic in some ways was really good for me. And, you know, having left Ireland at 17 and just, you know, been abroad and been modeling and working every day since it's um, in some weird way, I feel like I needed the break, like a lot of people and, you know, a lot of us struggle to relax and give ourselves that time. So the pandemic mm. gave us nothing but time. Um, so I am in, I can't I didn't have the same experience as um as many, but I'm fortunate in that case. But um, you know, unlike my mom, who obviously she's in healthcare, so my mom worked nonstop and broke her back and my heart broke for her. And mm. it was really tough on my family because my mom had to, you know, isolate before she went to work most days and she at some point she was even living in a hotel. Um so yeah, everyone had a different experience. I um I had a more fortunate one than most. Yes, and in, in, indeed. Congratulations, by the way, on the engagement. A lot's happening in, in your life, of course. Um, you know, when, when, when you sit there today talking to me, I know we were to speak about a week ago and, of course, what happened with those mm-hmm. poor children and teachers uh, near Houston in Texas was just the most awful, awful thing. Um, you're living over there quite a while now. Will Annie, I, I may ask you this, and I've asked others uh, subsequently who have connections uh, with Houston and the States on the show. Do you honestly believe, will it change anything? Will anything change with guns and all that? Yeah, it's, you know, I tell people all the time, it's, it's, it's so divisive over here. It's really, it's hard to, it's hard to believe how divisive it is and, you know, how, how far gone some people are, but they, a lot of people struggle to believe that gun control will make a difference because, you know, because of how prevalent guns are in the society. But I believe that it it could make a difference. It's just a matter of enacting that change. I, I believe that it's never too late. Um, but it is scary. And, you know, the likes of Spencer and I, my fiance, we've had very serious conversations and I personally don't feel um, particularly safe about the idea of raising children in this country. Um, so, yeah, fortunately for fortunately for me, I, I may win on that and get to convince them to, you know, go, go back home. But um, it's really it's it's a really tough situation. But I do believe that it's never too late to enact change. So I'm hoping in the next few years we do see it. Mm, well said, well said, and I couldn't agree with you more. Anyway, I'll let you back there to get a, another forty winks. Thank you so much for joining <laughs> me. Rogues Gallery by Hannah Rose May. Check it out. It's lovely to talk to you. Don't leave it as long again, please. Thanks so much, Jerry. Speak to you soon. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. The lovely okay. Hannah Rose May there speaking to me live from LA about her new comic story and we wish her well. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive here on LMFM Radio. Tomorrow on Late Lunch, Sheila Bailey on The Queen's Jubilee. Sinead and Alethea Cavanagh, The Bloom Girls. David Sheehan on Sport, TV theme, comedy. We will rock you. And those biscuits... I might have a crack at them tomorrow. I think I will. I will. And see you many weekend. Get in the gob. Anyway, that's a lot of late lunch for this Thursday afternoon. Have a lovely evening. See you for the final show Friday, 1.30. 
The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Check out the new sporty and spacious Renault Arcana in petrol and full hybrid. Guaranteed delivery, low AP or finance and 48-hour test drive. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.